0: be seated we welcome you today if this is your first time being with us we're so thankful that you're here in the house of the lord today it is our high honor to have with us apostle andre and uh, we welcome him today and thank god for this gift will you just again thank god as he comes this morning thank you sir Praise the Lord. You may be seated. Thank you so much. Before we're going to go into the Word, I just want to mention I have some products out there, uh, CDs and books. Every CD on that table is actually uh, a CD of the month that we send out to our permanent partners. This one is called No Longer. Uh, this, was, uh, this came out of a service in Pennsylvania where I spoke Um, on the the wrestle between Jacob and God. And God, the angel asked Jacob, what is your name? And he said, my name is Jacob. Jacob means deceiver. And uh, the moment he said, I'm a deceiver, you see, when you come into the presence of God, the first thing that will be challenged is your character. Uh, There's too many churches today where people come into the presence of God the so-called presence of God, and they come out of church worse than what they went in. That tells me there's no presence. But when Jacob came into the presence of the angel, he said, the angel said, who are you? The angel actually set him up. And the moment he said, I'm a deceiver, the angel said, no longer. This was very powerful. Um, that, That church started a whole series on the words no longer because of what happened that morning. Then I have a CD here called The Three Seasons of a Prophetic Word. Um, this is a very, very powerful teaching. Um, once you listen to this, you will probably for the first time understand in your life where is God's promise that He made to you because it cannot return void because He cannot, he cannot lie. So that promise is in one of three seasons, especially when the prophetic word was towards your destiny. This, um, I would love to put this in a book form uh, and and try to get it out next year. Then I have the book here with me. The CDs is $5. Now, when you look at the quality of the CD, you will realize we do not really make money on CDs. And the book is $10. We do not really make a lot of money on this either. Um, Missing puzzle pieces found. Uh, how many of you will buy a puzzle with a thousand pieces knowing that five pieces are gone? You will never buy it. But when you buy it, you buy the picture on the box. That's what you buy. And you believe every piece is in the box. Now, I'm not referring to the picture on the box in in the store, but God gives us dreams, visions, impressions, things that he gives us. God will never give you a dream, a vision, an impression, or speak to you to go into a certain direction, and he will never bring the pieces of the whole thing together. This book will bless you beyond measure. In this book, I share with uh, people how the Lord, uh, this comes out of my life because um, uh, the pieces came together for me, um, and I want the pieces to come together for you. Um, And in this book, you will read about challenges that I had and what I had to do and how I did it and what happened. One act of obedience can have a ripple effect on a whole nation. Did you hear that? One act of obedience by one person can have an effect on a whole nation. One act of obedience by one person can also fool a lot of people for a good reason. Well, you will read about that in the book. I'm not going to tell you everything. I really need to make a few dollars here, you know, I'm not, so I'm not going to tell you the rest of the story. Amen? I'm, I'm just thinking out loud here. I'm sorry, Pastor. I would not do that again. Okay. Um, I haven't been here for a long time, and I want to minister from the book of Acts today, and I, I'm not really here to bring you a sermon Um, You know, I've been busy with the upper rooms, and the upper room is is all about the spirit of prayer, the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. Uh, Maybe you know something about it. Um, We had upper room gatherings in many, many uh, places, uh, different states, Uh, and we had an upper room gathering in Houston this year in February. Um, In the upper room, you have Church of God, Assemblies of God, Independent Churches, black, white, comes together um and um it is more it's it's actually the 300 men of Gideon that's coming together how many of you realize the church is is divided because the, the church is chopped up into different compartments uh, all over the world um there's so many churches it's just not true uh and everybody has a revelation and everybody thinks they are right but um you will never bring the whole body of Christ together But God is raising up the 300 men of Gideon that still believe the way that God wants them to believe. And they come from different denominations. And that is what the upper room is all about. Now, um, when you go into the book of Acts, uh, it starts with the upper room. How many of you realize the book of Acts started with the upper room? Uh, It doesn't start with a boardroom. It, It started with an upper room. How many of you realize there's a difference between a boardroom and an upper room? And um, now, uh, when you read the book of Acts, there's a lot of stories, and and there's a lot of things that comes out of the book of Acts, and I'm going to try and cover the whole book of Acts this morning and tonight. But before I go into the book of Acts, I just want to tell you that the book of Acts is a book that's still being written by the Holy Spirit. The the book of Acts is not an ancient book. It's not an Old Testament book. It's a book that is still being written by the Holy Spirit. Now, America does not add a lot of chapters to this book lately. But most of the chapters that are written today in the book of Acts come out of Eastern nations. Uh, sad to tell you. Uh, I hope that we have one chapter covered today and tomorrow night here in COG uh, One One Life Church. Amen. Thank you for your excitement. It's really overwhelming. Um, uh, if you can just calm it down a little bit, it'll help me to speak. <laughs> Amen. Praise God. Well, I'm, I'm almost 65. I'm just at an age where uh, you need to listen to me i 'm not here to, uh, here to listen to you. you You need to hear what I have to say How many of you, how many of you know when, when when an old man comes into the room and he has ten sons, uh, he is in control? The old man is in control, and how many of you know that the old man is never wrong <laughs> That is just a little bit of family, uh, family teaching that I'm giving you. But um, the reason I want to do the book of Acts is because th- this is what my heart is all about. Um, I'm, I'm 37 years in the ministry. We are bringing nations together. We are working with apostolic leaders in different nations. The stories is phenomenal. Last year I was on the west coast of America and I ministered in Syrian, Armenian, and Iranian churches. I have met martyrs that came out of Iran. I spoke to them personally. Um, I have so many incredible stories that I can tell you what's happening in Iran at the moment. Because It's the book of Acts in action. But I want to start with two stories, uh, and then I want to go into the book of Acts, because I want to stir your appetite so that you will know that God is still uh, at work as we speak. Um, In February this year, we were in Houston, and I had Joshua Duong there from China. Uh, He's actually a Vietnamese-Chinese um, and he is busy all over the world. He and Paul I. Now, Paul I was uh, a Buddhist priest, and he was a, a witch doctor for five years. And he came out of Vietnam, and he tried to break up the Christian rallies. Could not break it up. Called out to 3,000-plus gods and could not, uh, could not get them to break it up. Uh, long story short, he came to the Lord. And he was such an incredible uh, apostle that he went to prison for 13 years. Uh, They had him in three prisons. The last prison was a prison for women prostitutes. And the government said, we will break you. Well, the government did not break him, but he led 322 inmates to the Lord. And they all came out of prison and they all started churches. Now, today, Paul I uh, is considered the apostle over several of those nations, over all the Pentecostal churches. And he will be with us in Atlanta, and he has been with us last year at the Potter's House in Columbus. But Joshua Duong comes from China, and um, Joshua Duong, in in, in February this year, uh, the Friday morning, I had a young prophet with me. Um, And I I said to him, just come with me, just sit next to me. Uh, I am not going to prophesy to people because I know all the leaders. Well, I know uh, something of them. And uh, just before Joshua, uh, just before I gave him the microphone, he sent me a a note. He says, Pastor Andre, if you have, if you're going to bring some of the leaders from the Eastern nations to speak, uh, please, um, I have a word for some of them. I don't know who they are. Long story short, um, I gave him a microphone, and he called Joshua Duong out from China. Now, the previous night, Joshua told my wife that every Thursday, the Chinese police call him in, and they interrogate him because he's a threat to China. They want to throw him out of the country. They they scared him, and they said to him, we're going to take your wife and your two sons, and we will take them away from you, and you will leave the country, and you will never come back. Now, he gave them answers that is very much in their face, uh, because that's the way the Lord spoke to him. But this Friday morning, uh, this young prophet called Joshua out, and he prophesied to him what he told my wife in privacy. He said to him, the Lord shows me that you are interrogated by the police, but God says no longer, I'm going to give them dreams, and I'm going to stop it. Now, th- for me, that's phenomenal that that, that, that that came out in a prophecy. I want to tell you another story. Uh, we had a, a brother in uh, Potter's house and in Charles uh, uh, Houston I- in the, the two uprooms there. His name is um, Luke Yegazar. He's from Iran originally, and he is the person that will help us to go into Armenia next year and do an uproom there in Armenia. But he's originally from Iran, and they sent many, many missionaries back into Iran. And he was in our conference, and I, I'm going to speak to his brother in the next two weeks who is in London, and then he is a great influencer sending thousands of Bibles into Lebanon and some of those countries, even, even the country where, uh, where Hezbollah, how many of you heard about Hezbollah, that terrorist group that gives Israel a hard time? Well, they're smuggling Bibles in there right now. Now, it's awesome when you work with the new new uh, this day uh, the the apostles of this day, and hear the stories. So, um, what happened in Houston is one of my friends. uh, He has a great church in Dallas, Barney Huey, and Barney spoke to Luke Yeguzar from Iran. Uh, This happened February. And he said to him, Brother Luke, uh, we heard the most incredible stories coming out of Iran and some of those nations. Is it really true? Are you in touch that you can really confirm this? And Luke said to them, absolutely. He says, let me tell you what happened last year. Now, I was telling this story four weeks ago, five weeks ago in a church in Texas. And I did not know that the church where I was telling this story was actually the church that sponsored the Bible to be translated into Farsi. Farsi is the language of Iran. And this is what happened last year. They smuggled, uh, and, and church, I can tell you many of these stories. It's, it's phenomenal what's happening. I mean, I told you, I spoke to the martyrs themselves that's in uh, California. I flew there, uh, and I did an uproom for them, for those churches from, from those nations. And, and I sat with them in person. In fact, I spoke with people who lost their, their, their partners in life that were martyred. Uh, so I know what I'm talking about. And Luke said to them, "They smuggled 150 Bibles into Iran last year." Now the Iranians are dreamers; they dream, and the Iranians are put an incredible emphasis on training and and schooling. Uh, but they are dreamers. Now I will only tell you one story of the dreams in Iran. I could tell you more. Uh, they smuggled the Bibles in. They have it in a car. There are four gentlemen. They are driving on a dirt road uh, to deliver the Bibles at a certain little town. Uh, and on this dirt road in the middle of nowhere, the car broke down. So now they are stuck with 150 50 Bibles on a dirt road. But what happened is they got out of the car, tried to fix it, cannot get it fixed. And they notice a man standing uh, uh, Basically, uh, 50 yards away from them, uh, on the side of the dirt road with donkeys. Well, guess what? Uh, if you are in the middle of nowhere and that's your only partner, you're going to talk to him at some point. So, somebody walk over to him and ask him uh, and tell him, "Well, our car broke down. We don't know what to do." We have no cell phone reception, and they ask him, uh, what is he doing there? And he said, well, uh, or who are you? And he said, I'm a sheriff of two little towns just over the hill. Uh, they were on, on, on their way to a, an area that, that has a lot of hills. And uh, back and forth between the car and this man, and they ask him again, they said to him, sir, now, what are you doing here uh, on the side of the road? Uh, As far as you can see, our car broke down, but what are you doing here in the middle of nowhere with donkeys? And this is what the man said to him. He said to the one brother, he said, I had a dream that I need to be here on the side of the road because I will receive the book from heaven right here. And immediately when this man told this gentleman uh, that he had no response and uh, Try to act as if he doesn't know what he's talking about, and uh, try to went back to the car and told them, the man is waiting on the book from heaven. And uh, so, long story short, they went back to him and they strike up another conversation, and ask him, well, if you do expect the book from heaven, how many do you expect? And he said, hundred and fifty, and that's the amount of Bibles that they had in the car. And uh, you know what happened. They gave him the Bibles. He put it, packed it on the, onto the donkeys, and he disappeared. They walked back to the car, and the car start. Uh, why do I tell you that story? I want to show you that the Holy Spirit is just as active outside the church than what he is inside the building. And, and I want to bring you into the book of Acts outside this building. You know, we come to church on a Sunday morning, and we have we fall into a trap, thinking this is church. No, this is not. This is this is just a celebration. This is supposed to be just a celebration where we come and tell a story of what happened this week. Now, uh, the the reason I told you those two stories is just to tell you, to give you an indication of where I come from and and what I'm trying to say. In Acts chapter 1 verse 18, I'm going to take you back to a scripture that if you haven't heard this, then you don't belong to a Church of God church. In Acts chapter 1, verse 8, Jesus said something before he left the earth. The final thing that Jesus said, he said, You shall receive power when the Holy Spirit come upon you, and you shall be my witnesses. It doesn't say you have an option or most probably, you could be a witness. He said, no, you shall be my witnesses. Um, And then he says, in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the end of the earth. So immediately, uh, Jesus said, it will start here in Jerusalem, but it will cover the end of the earth. That's a big statement. So church, um, I think we need to have another look at who is the church. What is the book of Acts all about? And... The more I work with these kind of leaders, the more I realize God is at work in a mighty, mighty way. Now, so Jesus said, you shall be witnesses to the end of the earth. Now, the end of the earth include Iran, Iraq, and, and those nations. And, 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 and I, I will, I'm tempted to tell you more stories, but I will not. Uh, because I know you Pentecostals, you always want a sermon. And uh, if I tell you too many stories, you're going to blame me. Amen? (laughs) Thank you for your kindness. Now, let's go to Acts chapter 2. When you look at Acts chapter 2, you will see the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. Now, uh, to a certain degree, what we're going to do today is we're going to have a look at what does the faces of power look like? Pentecostal power, Holy Spirit power. You know, in in the Pentecostal churches in the Western world, we have an idea of what power is all about. We think it's goosebumps, and when you have goosebumps, you've got the power. Uh, We think that if somebody's on the floor and they have a little piece of cloth over them, that's power. No, I'm not interested in that. I, I had enough of that. I want power that helps me on a dirt road. I want power that works for me when my car breaks down. Um, and, and and by the way, if your car breaks down next time, don't blame the devil. And don't curse the demon out of the engine. Have a look at your surrounding and find out who is standing there. Why did this happen to me today? Because there's always God always is at work. And when you have that attitude to life, you're going to see that life is more interesting and there's more uh, miracles at work uh, if you can just stop blaming the devil. Because we have a tendency that when everything goes wrong, we blame the devil for everything. Well, I want to I come up for the devil. He's not that bad. Okay, thank you. Now, in chapter 2, in chapter 2, it says, and when the day of Pentecost had fully come. It doesn't say, and when the day of the church of God had fully come. No, no, no. Pentecost is bigger than one denomination. (laughs) And when the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all in one accord in one place. Now, I'm not going to go into the detail because I want to cover 28 chapters by tonight. And uh, it says there. And suddenly, there came a, rush, a rushing sound from heaven. So there's there's a suddenly involved. Now we will not concentrate on the word suddenly. And there's many things that I will say this morning and tonight. That if I go down that, if I go down that uh, th- that alley or down that scripture, we will never go home. Because these are these are all sermons. We're talking about the faces of. Power. What does power look like? The other three things we're talking about is we're talking about power, authority, and mandate. How many of you realize that when you have power, you have authority? Uh, Any power that does not have authority is not power. But when you have power and authority, you also operate in mandate. Now, I'm going to say a few things about mandate this morning, but tonight you must come back because if you mandate is not something we hear a lot about in the church. And what I'm going to say about mandate will open your eyes. I promise you this church, if you don't hear it, you will not know it. And if you don't know it, it cannot work for you because... Uh, if you, if you don't have a revelation of what mandate is, you will be poor for the rest of your life and you will make bad decisions and you will not even know it. Uh, but you must come back to hear that because it's, it's all going to come out of the book of Acts. When you look at chapter 2, it says suddenly there was a rushing sound from heaven. They were filled with the Holy Spirit. Uh, Verse 3 talks about divided tongues of fire. It sat upon all of them, and they spoke in other tongues. Verse 4, verse 5, 6, verse verse 7, it says they were all amazed and they marveled. Everybody say amazed and marveled. You know, in the Western church, nobody's amazed anymore. And nobody marvel anymore. Can I tell you why? Because everything is same old, same old. You know, there was a time that some people marveled about a new program. Even that does not make me, it doesn't amaze me. Um, But the Bible says they were amazed and they marveled. And verse 8, 9, 10, 11, you will notice that there were many, many nations in the upper room. There were even Arabs in the upper room. So God even filled the Arabs with the Holy Spirit. And we need to stretch our thinking again. Uh, Don't look at Iraq and Iran as demonized. No, you will not believe believe what's going on in Tehran in Iran right now I spoke to a medical doctor I spoke to an engineer I spoke to a young man 20 years old that'll never see his parents again on the west coast and they told me what's happening in Tehran right now it's phenomenal how many of you realize you cannot outlaw the Holy Spirit you can make all the laws in the world you can never stop the church Never ever. Uh, so um, they were all filled with the Holy Spirit, verse 12. They were all amazed and they were perplexed. I love that. You know, as long as nobody is perplexed, nothing extraordinary happened. Because um, the Bible says they were perplexed and they thought, what could this mean? You know, the problem today in our churches is we're afraid something will happen that the people will not understand. Because then we need to explain what it is. Well, church, God is bigger than my brain box. And if nothing happens uh, that that, uh, that needs explanation, it tells me that it's still me at work and not God. Because if God steps into this building, I'm going to have some explanations to do after this service. Because the power of God is phenomenal, and 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 I don't have more time to talk to you about who God is. I've got a word. Maybe I'll minister on that tomorrow night. Maybe I'm not. I'm not sure. But okay. So the others were mocking, and they said they are full of new wine. So they were. They used the words new wine. So there were a lot of people there that had some knowledge of wine. Now, I know you guys are afraid to say amen now because you don't want to have anything to do with wine because you are typical Pentecostals, but there it is. It's in verse 2, chapter 2. The Bible says, they said this is a new kind of wine because, man, this wine, so something happened with the people in Acts chapter 2 that reminded some people uh, that this is, it looks like they 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 had some wine, but we all know it was not natural wine. But Peter stood up, and he said, Men of Judea and all who dwell in Jerusalem, let this be known to you, for these are not drunk as you suppose. So it it looks like the outpouring of the Holy Spirit does something to you where you lose it. You lose your composure. Amen? Now, some of you are so composed, you hardly move. Just remember one thing. You should breathe. Don't forget to breathe, okay? I don't care if you don't move, but just don't forget to breathe, okay? Now, so, so the Bible says, and Peter said, but this is what was spoken by the prophet Joel. So here you have the outpouring of the Holy Spirit in chapter 2. When Jesus said in chapter 1, verse 8, you shall receive power, Jesus already knew what chapter 2 will look like. Is that correct? Now, if I was alive in chapter 1 and and Jesus gave me a prophetic insight into what chapter 2 would have looked like, I would have helped Jesus. I think I would have been able to help him. And this is what I would have said to Jesus. I would have said to Jesus, Jesus, I highly recommend that you do a a chapter 2 for the church of God but please do something different, Lord Jesus. Do a different chapter 2 for the Presbyterians, and do a different chapter 2 for the Roman Catholics, Lord, and and, 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 and add some smoke machines in there. Uh, and, and Lord, not a lot of water, because they only do one drop at a time. And Jesus, do another chapter 2 for the Rhema Church, and Lord, you must do a chapter 2 for the Baptists, and then Jesus, remember all the other denominations. But you know what? He did one chapter 2. You know, when you look at chapter 2, many times when I look at things, when I look at chapter 2 the other day, I said, Lord, this is like Facebook. How many of you are on Facebook? Only three of you. That's a lie. That's just a lie. How many of you, when you're on Facebook, you like something? Amen. How many of you have been on Facebook and then you went back the next day and took back your like? Yeah, there's an older woman that she says, I took back my like. Because she probably noticed somebody else said something about it and said, I don't want to be involved in this, so I took back my like. Amen? Now, when you look at chapter 2, do you know that many churches do not like chapter 2? When I look at chapter 2 in the Spirit, I don't see their like. They are not there. Why? Because they don't like what they read in chapter 2. But that does not make chapter 2 irrelevant. Whether the whether the modern churches love it or not, chapter two is gonna be it's eternal. That is that's what we will read until Jesus come back. That's what the outpouring of the Holy Spirit look like. And and church, we need to we need to come in agreement with that. So, but now chapter two, uh, they were filled with the Holy Spirit, uh, and and we talk about the power of the Holy Spirit. But that is not the final face of what power looked like. How many of you realize that because of chapter 2, we have the whole book of Acts. And because of chapter 2, we have now things happening in different nations, and it's in the year 2017. So so power has many, many faces. And uh, now let's go to chapter 3. In chapter 3, you find Peter, uh, he came out of the upper room and and, and he he went to the temple. The Bible says it was the hour of prayer. I'm just going to show you some nuggets and I will try and go to chapter 12 this morning. I'm going to skip some uh, some chapters and we're going to end in chapter 12. We're talking about power, authority, mandate, or the different faces of what power looked like. In chapter three, it says, "Now Peter and John went together to the temple at the hour of prayer." So here we have two men. They were in the upper room, and now they come to the temple for the hour of prayer. And a certain man lame from his mother's womb was carried, whom they laid daily at the gate of the temple, which is called Beautiful, to ask alms from those who enter the temple. So here you have a temple, it's the hour of prayer, and they brought a paralyzed man, put him at the gate of the temple, and the Bible says they brought him to ask arms. The Bible does not say they brought him to pray because verse 1 says it was the hour of prayer. That is the focus of the hour, prayer. But some use the focus and changed it, and put a paralyzed man at the gate and tell him, this is a good opportunity for you to make money. Can you see there? You see, that is so typical. It's a prophetic picture of the church today. We have meetings, and we put the emphasis on this, but there's always double agendas where other people come, and they have other agendas, what they do with the hour. So they brought the man, put him at the gate of the temple to ask arms. Now, the, the Bible says uh, the temple were called beautiful. Now, what is beautiful when there's a paralyzed person at the gate? There's nothing beautiful. It reminds me of the churches today. I, I, I've gone to incredible. I have gone to the most powerful churches in the world. When you just read the names of the churches, uh, International Revival Center. <sighs> world harvest you know incredible names no there's nothing I'm I'm thinking about world harvest and potter's house there's nothing wrong with that as long as you live your name out inside (laughs) come on don't have a name outside but inside nothing is happening I'm, I'm not talking about this church I'm talking about other places it's really bad out there in other places that's why I'm here to give you a report how bad it is in other places amen Come on. So here we have a church. Uh, It's the hour of prayer, but they have a paralyzed man at the gate that's asking for money. So so the gate contradicts the inside of the church. But Peter showed up. And Peter came out of the upper room, not the boardroom. Come on. How many of you realize if you come out of the boardroom, you can only do boardroom stuff? But when you come out of the upper room, you do upper room stuff. Come on. Your stuff will show me where you came from. Show me your stuff, and I'll show you where you came from. Amen? So uh, he came to the gate, and the Bible says the man was there lame from his mother's womb. That tells me that this man has never, ever walked in his whole life. Church, I, I, I don't want to preach today or, or even tonight. I, I, I Honestly, I, I'm just here to say, thus says the Lord. And um, so he came out of his mother's womb paralyzed. And Peter said to him, silver and gold I do not have. Isn't that the problem? If the modern day church comes to a man like that, they say, Man, we've got a great building. We've got a lot of money. We've got the latest platform. Sorry, guys. We've got TV screens. We've got incredible. Uh, it's highlighted. Uh, we've got air conditioning. We've got oh, Come on. That, that, that's the Western church. Uh, even in other countries, we've got it all together. Peter said, Man, I don't have any money, but man, I do have something. He says, I do not have any money, but what I do have. There's two things. We need to know what we have, and we need to know what we do not have. Come on. Peter said, and, and, and just by the way, I like, I like this. I said to Pastor's wife, I said, man, this is beautiful. I love it. But don't make that the power. How many of you realize there's no power in that, in that design? That design is as dead as a doornail. Come on. It's beautiful for the eye, but that's not power. We're living in a day where we have smoke machines, we have lights, we have movement. I mean, I I watch the praise teams lately. There's always a guy that has long hair and he throws his hair up and down. I, I, I watch them. Maybe I'm old school. But the more I look at it, I say, my God, there's a lot of movement, but there's no power. Nothing happens. How many of you are here today for the power? Peter said, silver and gold I do not have. And, uh, and, and, and you know what happened? He resurrected the man. Yeah. He resurrected the man. Come on, church. The Bible says he lifted him out. Now, I don't want to go into too much detail because there's really too much here. Uh, I, I'm just going to touch the surface of it. But it says there, Verse 10, uh, he ran into the temple and he was now he was now leaping for joy. Now watch this. He was at the gate to ask money. The moment he was resurrected, he went into the temple and he leaped for joy. That tells me the poor man were at the gate all these times and his greatest desire was to be part of the prayer meeting and not at the gate. But nobody could fix him there and they'd dump him there instead. And, and in the meantime, he wanted to be here. And the moment he came... Came into the temple, the Bible says, and they were all filled with wonder and amazement. I love that. Verse 10. They were filled with wonder. Wonder. They were filled. It's something that filled them. Wonder. Come on. We know about the infilling. Some people say, well, I'm filled with the Holy Ghost. I'm filled with grace. I'm filled with passion. I'm filled with zeal. How about being filled with wonder and amazement? Wow. You cannot be filled with wonder and amazement unless the Holy Spirit starts to move. Come on. The, the only time you can be filled with wonder, you know, I, I watch American preachers. You know, they, they preach in a way that they, they, they hype the people up, man. And, and, but when it's over, it's over, and all you have is, man, the guy had a great revelation. No. I, I want God to, I want the Holy Spirit to fill us with wonder and amazement that our jaws will hang open. Amen. Amen. Bible says they were filled with wonder. You see, that's power. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Real power will fill you with wonder and amazement. Can I tell you a story from Africa? Can I tell you a story from Africa? This block here. Can I tell you a story from Africa? Because I haven't heard anything from that block. Is it always like that in that block, pastor? Don't say anything. (laughs) You're the pastor. You cannot say yes or no. I can say. Okay. Now, listen to this. Can I give it to you unedited? How many of you realize America edits everything, and and it loses its power? I'm going to give you an unedited version of a miracle that happened in Africa lately. Remember, it's unedited. Okay, I don't have time. I need to rush because I still need to do a few chapters here. Uh, Now listen to this. Big Ten Crusade, Black Crusade, Power of God came into it, and I've seen it even in my own meetings in, 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 in South Africa. Power of God hit the, the, the left side of the Ten Crusade, it cuts through the people, and everybody to the left fell under the Power of God. I'm not dreaming, I've seen it. And the power of God moved up here, cut through the crowd. Everybody fell under the power of God. It's almost like you cut a cake and give slices away. And um, so the power of God is now moving through a big crowd in a tent crusade in Petersburg. That's very north of South Africa before you go into Zimbabwe. And um, so on this side, there was a woman. She was pregnant. She had two children. She's She's pregnant with number three. And uh, the power of God came closer and closer and closer. And when she realized there's only one block left, there's only one cut left. Because everybody, I mean, there's a few thousand people that's out baptized with the Holy Ghost. and, And she doesn't know what's happening. She cried out on the top of her voice. She was pregnant with number three. She had two children. And she cried. And this is what she said. She says, Lord Jesus, I need a nipple here. It's unedited. I've got some trouble. There's some guys from over there, man, they look at me like, wow, where do you come from? I'm from Africa. I'm unedited. (laughs) Sorry, guys. The power of God hit her. Everybody, she's on the floor. She's in the lawn. I mean, it's just raw dust. They are under the power of God. And about 10 minutes later. Uh, She came to herself, and she discovered that her dress, she had a long dress on, and the left side was all wet. Just a mess. And the moment she tested herself, she felt something she never had before. She jumped up she screamed at the top of her voice it's, a, it, 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 it's acceptable in, the, in a Holy Ghost service it's not acceptable in a board meeting but it, it, it is acceptable in an upper room service she jumped up she ran out of the one gate came through another opening and it's a tent crusade so it's just just the flaps that's open and the elders started to run after her into the bushes back into the tent she I mean everybody lost control and everybody knew something happened and the rumor spread that God has just put something on the left side of her body she never had and she can feed her th- her third child that will soon be born and she can feed him normally. And when she tested herself, she had milk immediately coming out of her body. You say, well, don't talk about those things from the pulpit. Listen to me, listen to me. The God who created her body is the God who did the miracle and if God did the miracle, I will talk about it from the rooftops. What is that? The people were filled with wonder and amazement. Church, uh, I cannot preach wonder and amazement. I cannot fabricate wonder and amazement. It must be a power demonstration. A power demonstration will bring wonder and amazement. Amen? Okay, so we're talking about power, authority, and mandate. Let's go to, well, I will not even go into chapter 9. But just re- remember chapter 9 because it will surface tonight in chapter 27. Chapter 9 is where the Apostle Paul came to the Lord. The Apostle Paul um, was a vicious man. He was a dangerous man. He knew scriptures. He had letters from the high priest to kill the people out of the way. But in chapter 9, he met the Lord. How many of you know that you can quote scriptures and still not know the Lord? come on. You can have church membership and still have no clue who God is. Because God had to stop him in chapter 9. But I'm not going to go into chapter 9 because there's phenomenal things there in chapter 9. You will read about vision. You will read about how his eyes were blindfolded. He heard a voice. Uh, You will read about Ananias. You will read about how Ananias saw in a vision. Paul and Paul saw Ananias in a vision. So power includes visions. Power includes seeing in the Spirit. Amen? Uh, And and in chapter 9, Paul came to the Lord. Now listen to this. Paul wrote two-thirds of the New Testament. Now before God could allow him to write a paragraph, God says, I'll have to give you a power experience. You must feel my power. He fell out under the power. Now Paul is not a faller downer. Come on. The temperament, when you study the temperament on Paul, he's not somebody that just falls down for anything. But i tell you what, I don't care who you are. I don't care how smart you are. When you meet the power of the Holy Spirit, you will become submissive to that. He fell down and he met the Lord. He was baptized in the Holy Spirit. In fact, he was blind for three days. But I will not go into that. I just want to tell you that chapter 9, uh, Paul... Paul came to the Lord uh, and his his sanctification, his, his deliverance, his salvation is part of the book of Acts. So, in the in the heart of the book of Acts, we see one of the greatest salvations you can ever see. How Paul came to the Lord and wrote two-thirds of the New Testament. He was even a murderer. So come on, church. Let us prepare our churches again for the most extravagant salvations. Let's prepare our churches for people that'll come in that has the most dangerous backgrounds and they will just come to the Lord. Are you excited? Are you excited? Amen? Amen? Now let's go to chapter 12. We're talking about power, authority, and mandate. And we also, t- we also look at the different faces of what power looks like. I thank God for Pentecost. I was born and raised in Pentecost. I Wednesday nights was prayer meeting service. I remember many many Wednesday nights we had to go to prayer meeting uh, while well, I was sleeping under the pews but I'm telling you there comes a moment in the prayer meeting that everybody kneels down it's time to pray we don't have that anymore uh, we, we don't put that emphasis on prayer anymore but I remember those days and, and and here I am 37 years in ministry and I'm still telling you that's the only way out there's no other way out in Iran and in, in all those nations um, if they don't have the power of the Holy Spirit spirit, they're in trouble. Uh, And again, I can tell you about a man that has been stabbed 27 times into the chest in Iran and how his son came across his body. He was a pastor of a church. I I can tell you so many stories. But all I want to say to you is the gospel of Jesus Christ is, is superior. Now, Let's go to chapter 12. In chapter 12, the Bible says that uh, Herod, the king, killed James. And when he killed James, he noticed that it pleased the Jews in verse 3. So now he decided, okay, I'm going to kill Peter. Peter. And and we see in verse five it says that Peter was therefore kept in prison. Uh, How much time do I have? Oh no, I've got lots of time. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Is this a one? Is 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 this in by nine, out by ten church, or what is this? Uh, In by ten, out by eleven? No, I don't think so. We're already over an hour. Amen. Aren't you? uh, Just cancel your meetings with uh, Applebee's and all those restaurants. Come on, ladies and gentlemen. We eat too much. We eat far too much in this country. I tell you what, when you order a meal here, they bring you the whole kitchen. Um, I had a South African last week, the guy who planted 3,000 churches, and I took him for a meal. He says, oh, please, 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 can you just bring me an appetizer? Because uh, I'll say, yeah, they're going to kill you here with the portions. But anyway, that's America. So. The Bible says uh, Peter is now in prison, but I want you to see something here. In verse 5 it says, Peter was therefore kept in prison, but constant prayer was offered to God for him by the church. Now we're going to look at power here. We're going to look at what does power look like and what does power include. Uh, And we're going to look at chapter 12, and and I want this to become your lifestyle. It says that the the church were praying and Peter were in prison, verse 5. It's one thought. Can you see there? church for praying, Peter in prison. So the church is connected to Peter, and Peter is connected to the church. Can you see the link? Bible says the church for praying, Peter is in prison. What does that have to do with one another? It has everything to do with one another. Now the other thing I want to say is make sure that you belong to a church that pray. And the other thing I want to say is Peter was a very important person. How many of you know that you've heard more than once about Peter in the Bible? How many of you know we've read a lot about Peter? Why? Because Peter was a man of mandate. Everybody say mandate. He had a mandate upon his life. But Peter was also in the upper room. So Peter was in the up room, so he, 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 he saw what power looks like. He had authority in chapter 3, but he's a man of mandate. You see, power and authority and mandate are three friends. They walk together. And, um, and now we're going to start to touch on the word mandate. But tonight, mandate is going to open up like a rose in the garden to you. And when it opens up to you tonight, it's going to bless you tremendously. Uh, and you're going, to, you're going to have something that you're going to hold on for the rest of your life. And I'm going to say things that you probably never heard. Uh, and it's not because I found it first, but it's just something that we've, we've skipped. and we've just, We just never saw it. I, you just never hear people preach about power, authority, and mandate. And, it's, and, and the whole book of Acts is full of it. Um, now, it says here, Peter was therefore kept in prison, but the church were praying. Now, let me just say something about uh, the Amplified Bible says the church made prayer for Peter. The Amplified says, the church made prayer. John 1 verse 1 says, in the beginning, uh, everything that was made was made. Come on. Uh, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God, and everything that was made, that was made, was made by God. Now, the word made in John 1 verse 1 and 2 and 3 uh, means to create now when you read Acts chapter 12 verse 5 and it says and the church made prayer unto God that word made in verse 5 is also the word create So verse 5 actually says the church create a miracle through prayer when they got Peter out of the prison yeah. Isn't that powerful a prophet prophesy, a teacher teach, a pastor pastor, but a creator creates. How many of you know that God is the only one in his class? How many of you know that Buddha and Muhammad, uh, they are gods, but they are not the God. They are gods, but they are not a creator. There's only one creator. Now, God, we don't need another creator. Because the one that we have, did such an incredible job that who wants to replace the creator? In fact, who has the authority to replace the creator? I preached about the, the inexhaustible God the other day. It's a mind-blowing thing that I preached. I wish I can bring it here. But listen to this. Listen to this. God is saying to the church in verse 5 that I will allow you and you and you to come on my level. And I will allow you to feel like God when you can create a miracle through prayer. Not through preaching. Not through seminaring. Through prayer. So, church, that's why the devil is keeping us away from prayer because he's afraid that we're going to open up a lot of prisons in America and he's going to have no control. Come on, church. If we can pray more than what we preach, we will open prison doors in America that has been locked for ages. Wow. That's the reason the church don't pray, and that's the reason the devil. The devil is not afraid of sermons, and the devil is not afraid of seminars, and the devil is not afraid of smoke machines. I better stop now being in your face because I would like to come back tonight. I don't want to fly back this afternoon and my meetings has been stopped. Okay, so it says there... uh, and when Herod was about to bring him out that night, Peter was sleeping bound with two chains between soldiers and guards before the door. So there, verse 6 tells us that there were guards inside, outside the prison, outside, inside, and, and, and Peter was in prison, uh, in chains. That is a prophetic picture. Verse 6 is a prophetic picture of, of the Western church. They make so many laws that we cannot be church anymore. They, they try to make another law and put change on your feet. Make another law, put change on our hands. Put, make another law and put our tongue in chains. Come on. How many of you realize you can, you can outlaw the church for a season and then when power kicks in, you're going to lose control? Now watch what happened now. Verse 7 says, an angel showed up. Now you say, Pastor Andre, what does an angel have to do with the whole thing? That's, That's a big problem. The modern day church do not believe in angels. You cannot worship an angel. You cannot call an angel. You cannot send an angel. It's not your angel. It's God's angel. I'm going to say something about the angel, and tonight you need to come back. I'm going to say more about the angels tonight. It's, it's so powerful. Church, uh, I know, I know that what I'm saying now sounds so foreign. It just shows you how far has the modern-day church drift away from the book of Acts. If we have a good program and a good app, we've got a breakthrough. Church, this thing is hopeless. Uh, app, you know, uh, it took me a long time to find out what an app is. Somebody said, Well, I've got the app, I've got the app. You know, I'm one of those guys, if it's not in the Bible, it goes in here and goes out there. It took me a long time, and then, oh, I said, Oh, uh, oh, 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 now I understand why they app. For the last three years, they app, mean app, and app. And I, I never knew what they're talking about when they say that, I've got the app, I've got the app. I said, Man, I've got the Holy Ghost, I've got the Holy Ghost. But lately, if you have the app, you've got it all. <laughs> Come on. Come on, you old people, say amen. Amen. Come on, you young people, say amen. Where's the pastor's son? He's now gone completely. He just sat here. He's completely gone. Where is he? I mean, he needs to hear this. Amen. Thank you. We're going to deal with him. Okay. So, the Bible says, watch this, an angel of the Lord stood by him. I love this church. Now, I come out of... I come out of the Apostolic Faith Mission in South Africa. The Apostolic Faith Mission in South Africa is the largest Pentecostal denomination that you will find. They reach out to about 30 nations. It's exactly the same with the Church of God and the Assemblies of God. Um, uh, Do you know that William Seymour, when the outpouring of the Holy Spirit happened uh, in Azusa Street, his church was called the Apostolic Faith Mission. And out of the Azusa Street Revival came John G. Lake, and he went to South Africa, and he's the father of the Apostolic faith mission. So, the, where the first outpouring of the Holy Spirit took place in Azusa Street on the west coast of America, in the church of William Seymour, uh, that's where our denomination came from, and that's where the Assemblies of God came from, and that's where the church of God came from. So, now that you know where we all come from, now you feel happy. Amen? Thank you, Jesus. I had to explain that just so that somebody's not offended. Okay. I so, said, oh, pastor, this guy is apostolic. Oh, we must be careful for him. Don't worry. I'm fine. I'm I'm washed in the blood of Jesus, so I qualify. I speak in tongues, so I qualify. I'm baptized in water and a lot of water, so now you should be happy with me. Amen? Thank you, Jesus. Okay. So, now watch this. The angel stood by him and a light shone. Now we have a light in the prison. There's not, there were no electricity those days. Church, when last did you have a light experience? This is the book of Acts. But you know what? These things happen in Tehran, Tehran, Iran at the moment, right now. There's a home in Tehran. When you go into the home, there's a light shining in the one room and the face of Jesus sits in the light. It's not a natural light, it's not a lamp, it's not electricity, it's a supernatural manifestation of God's glory. And when people go in there, they meet Jesus, they come out there, they are Christians. It's happening now. Iran cannot stop it. God gives people addresses in dreams in Iran, and they go to underground churches based on an address that God will give them in a dream. How about that? God filled them with the Holy Spirit. God appeared to them, the face of Jesus appeared to many, many Iranians right now in their dreams. You cannot outlaw the church. You're going to, uh, China, China. I mean, China. One leader has a million followers. Uh, uh, Joshua Duong interrogated by the police. The police said to him, what must we do with your pastor? And he said to them, leave me alone. He said, because if you throw me out of the country, I'm going to raise up 20 and 30 other men like me that's younger than me, that's more dynamic, and I will send them in. So you better keep me in the country or you have more problems. You know what he said to the police? He said to the police, you need me. I don't need you. You need me. Because if you give us time, we're going to change China in 20 years. They have a 20-year plan how to change China. Come on, church. Through the Holy Spirit. I spoke to him. He will be here in, in August. And brothers, you really need to help me. When I uh, said something about the offering this morning, I went back to my seat and immediately I worked out, how can I get $120,000? And I just decided I'm going to call some churches and say, can you help us with 2000 Can you help us with $2,000? i am going to find 60 churches to help me with 2000 each so that I can bring 60 nations as leaders in and say, I've got $2,000 for you. You need to find the rest. You need to find the rest. I've got 2000 How many of you... Come on, church. We need to make a plan. We need to bring the church together. Amen? Thank you for your excitement. Hallelujah. Amen. Okay. Okay. Let's go back to chapter 12. We're talking about power, authority, mandate. Peter was a man of mandate, and God decided, if my man of mandate is in a prison, nobody is going to kill him. I'm going to get him out. And uh, it says an angel showed up, a light shone into the prison, struck Peter on the side, and raised him up and said to him, arise quickly, and his chains fell off his hands. I love that. Chains just fell off. I love that. Chains just fell off. We need meetings where chains just fell off. You know, when I've seen a lot of intercession in America, I want to see more chains fell off. It might just fell off. Off. come on church sometimes it looks like the intercessors want to break it off no church don't you break it off the power of God will break it off and it'll just fall off uh, that's what the Bible says it just fell off when the supernatural steps in things happen quickly and things happen easy Jesus said my yoke is easy my burden is light so the just fell off now watch this then the angel said to him in verse 8 so now we have an angel now Angels most of the time operate in difficult situations, tight situations, dangerous situations. Uh, I was on a plane two years ago, a snowstorm in Pennsylvania. Am I over my time? Because that brother is leaving the church now. Am I over my time? I'm not over my time? I'm okay. Am I okay, Pastor? Yeah, he said, I'm okay still. Okay. Amen. Oh, my goodness. You cannot leave. And I haven't even said anything about the angel yet. Jesus. He's not going to miss that part. That's so sad. Okay. Bless his heart. Amen. Maybe he'll come back tonight. I'll talk about the angel again. But um, the Bible says the angels, the Bible, the, the, the angel, oh, let me say this first. I come out of the apostolic faith mission. We had a great theologian in our denomination, and, and he, he, he had a phenomenal teaching on angels. And uh, we've seen the manifestation of angels. Two years ago, I was in a snowstorm on my way to Pittsburgh Airport. Um, there was a lot of ice on the road, a lot of car wrecks, trucks, and dangerous. dangerous. My car slid off the road. I broke to a, a, a standstill. This, far, this far, far from the beach, beach um, and I got, got caught by I was shaking all over and this is what i this is here is my explanation an angel grabbed a hold of my steering wheel Stopped my car. I broke the ice of my window. By God's grace, I got on the road. I'm from Africa. I cannot drive on ice. I cannot drive on snow. I don't, I don't operate in things. We don't have that. Um, and, and when I got onto the plane, I realized many people died. Many is off the road. Many could not control their cars. I made it, but an angel grabbed my steering wheel. Why? Because I have a mandate upon my life. And when I have a mandate upon my life, no storm can take me out. You need to come tonight. I'm going to bless you tonight. Night. I was in another plane the other day I flew from 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 um, uh, a, a big city in in, in, in the m- m- <laughs> Detroit. I flew from Detroit to uh, a university city in Pennsylvania. Very bad weather. Plane flipped like this a few times. Woman next to me praying. Man, she pray. She's praying. I could, she, and I just sat there. I said, Jesus, I don't know how we're going to land. I don't know whether we're going to land on the left wing or the right wing. All I know is I have a mandate. The plane landed. Why? Because when you have a mandate, God says, I'm going to get you out. When you have a mandate, and, and, and if you do not have a mandate, make sure you connect your to a man that has a mandate. And tonight I will tell, I'll tell you more about that. It's going to open your eyes tonight. Some, the penny's going to drop tonight. Now watch this. So the angel said to him, don't worry, I'm going to finish with chapter 12. So this is the end, okay? So you're going to get make it, make it to Applebee's. Verse 8 says, then the angel said to him, the angel said to him, gird yourself. Now watch this. The angel now took over. It doesn't say the Holy Spirit took over. It doesn't say the Holy Spirit came into the prison. It says an angel came into the prison. It's a tight situation. Somebody just lost his life, and God stepped in. Angels are special messengers. They work for God. God released them, and God recalled them. Amen? They are totally under his control. But isn't it awesome to know that I have a God that even have angels that can rescue my plane? That uh, Come on, church. I remember I was in Atlanta one day. I came in for a landing. Wind was so strong, and we took off again, and I knew something was wrong. I, I just knew it was a smaller jet. and it was the moment we took off again, the pilot said, ladies and gentlemen, we were pushed off the tarmac completely by the wind. We're going to make a roundabout turn and come back and try for another landing. And we came in and we landed. And and again, I said, Lord, I thank you, Jesus. I thank you, Lord, that that the angel knows how to fly a plane. The angel knows how to drive a car on ice. Why? Because God is supernatural and and if I talk the way that God wants me to talk, can I tell you now, I'm doing God talk. This is what, I'm doing God talk for the last 30 minutes or 45 minutes. I'm doing God talk. And when I do God talk, I have God protection. Come on. Because I have God mandate, God protection, God talk. It goes hand in hand. Amen? So get your mouth in line with God. Get your heart in line with God. And God says, I will send an angel to get you out because I need you in the future. Thank you for your excitement. It's really overwhelming. Okay. Verse 8, verse 8. Now, watch this. <laughs> verse 8 then the angel said to him gird yourself tie your sandals so he did and he said to him put on your garment and follow me i love that now the angel is in in the prison and he said to him get your garment get your sandals isn't that amazing that god knows my shoes there it is he said to him get your garment get your shoes God does not want you to walk out of a place of bondage with one piece of evidence being left behind. When God sets you free, he will leave no footprint behind that you ever had a prison record. God says, I want to get you out with your sandals, with your garment, so that nobody can come back and say, is this your sandal? Oh, so you had a prison record, eh? You had a prison record. No, no, no. When God delivers you, he's going to remove everything. And if God knows my sandals, then surely he knows me. I mean, my goodness, if my shoes that has no eternal value is important to God, come on, as long as I'm on the earth, God knows what shoes is mine, God knows this is my shirt, and don't you take it. Amen? You know, the Bible says God counts my hair. I have no clue what he does with a count. I I don't know how that benefits God to know the count of my hair and even, I mean, can you imagine every day we lose hair? So, God spends more time on my head because I lose every day. But the Bible says he counts them. And when I lose one, he knows it. That's how God, That tells you how incredible is this God that we serve. I mean, so, so now the Bible says uh, he took care of his sandals. So, he went out and he followed him. And he did not know that what was done by the angel was real. But, but he thought that he was seeing a vision. Now, verse 9, watch this. The Bible says Peter is out. And the Bible says Peter did not know what was going on. He did not know uh, 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 what, was done by, whether what was done by the angel was real, but he thought he saw a vision. So he's kind of in a trance. And church, at least once or twice in your life, you need to have an experience like that, where you lose it in order to gain it. You want to tell me that Peter lost control? but he did not gain, did not benefit from this. Uh, It says there... Verse 10, when they were past the first and the second guard post, they came to the iron gate. They, who are they? They are Peter and the angel. So, so when Jesus said, you shall receive power in chapter 1, he already saw chapter 3, saw chapter 9, saw chapter 12. Come on. And he already saw how the angel will rescue Peter. Come on. He saw all of that. So, power includes the ministry of angels. You know, power is more than just goosebumps. Power includes when you drive your truck and something goes wrong and God steps in. That's power. That's power. I'm telling you, I, I, I have more respect for God when he drives my car on ice than just giving me another goosebumps in the church. Come on. There's too many people that have goosebumps experiences, but they can never tell me how God rescued them in a truck and how God rescued them in a plane because they have a mandate upon their life. That's power. And that is the power that you will hear come out of the mouths of the Eastern people. They will tell you stories that if you don't come to the Lord right there. I flew to the East, uh, to the West Coast, to minister in all these churches, and, um, I met two Jews who fled Aleppo in Syria. You know what Aleppo in Syria look like? It's on the news lately. They fled Aleppo. Uh, and, and I heard their testimony. And I, and I listened to the testimonies of all the other leaders there. And this is, every time I listened to them, they said, oh, but I love Jesus. Oh, but I love Jesus. Oh, but I love Jesus. Oh, Pastor, this and this and this and this and this. I love Jesus. And I left and I flew back and I was weeping on the plane. And, I, and I, all I heard, the refrain in my ear, I love Jesus. I love Jesus. And I found out that the moment those people say I love Jesus, it's so different than when a Westerner say, I love Jesus. Come on. Come on. Sometimes we, we love Jesus because we just bought a, a hamburger at uh, um, at uh, McDonald's. Come on, church. Next time you use the words, I love Jesus because God rescued you were this close to death. Then the words I love Jesus sound so different. I wrote, I wrote a whole newsletter to my partners and it was called, I love Jesus with all the testimonies in there. Bible says they were past the first and the second guard post and they came to the iron gate that leads to the city. I don't want to preach about iron gates. They came to the iron gates that leads to the city. Bible says, and the gate opened by its own accord. And the gate opened by its own accord. The gate opened by its own accord. Gates do not open by its own accord. But when angelic power comes in, when God's power comes into the picture, gates will swing open that has been locked for ages. There's political gates. There's economic gates. There's several gates in America. It's been locked. There's things going on in the underground world that we don't even know about. There's things, there's dangerous things going on in the world. There's gates in Russia. There's gates in Syria. There's gates in Turkey. There's gates in all those nations. Vicious gates. Dangerous gates. But God says, I'm not afraid of any gate is man is man-made. I'm not afraid of any city gate. I'm not afraid of any demonic gate. God says, I will throw all gates, will swing open when my man of mandate. Come on. Peter and the angel walked towards the gate, and the gate of the city opened by its own accord. Church, I want to say to this church, you are a great church. You have a great pastor. And it's about time that you say that gates will open up because I feel like the devil has closed you in. I feel like The devil is trying to put a lock on this church. Can I tell you why he did it? Because he already knows that there is potential here that if it breaks loose, it's going to put him in shame. And, Father, I pray that many, many gates will open. Come on, church. Power will open gates in your everyday life. Come on. Power will open gates far away from this building. Power will open gates in your job even this week. Power will open gates, will just swing open in places that is far away from this church building. That's power. That's power. When the Holy Spirit power come upon you, it's going to work everywhere. I'm almost finished. Don't worry. And the Bible says, and they went down one street and immediately the angel departed. So now the angel is gone. Verse 10. The Bible says the angel left. Why? Because Peter is out of danger. Peter is out of danger. Can you see that? that? So God can send angels when you're in danger. That's part, that's part of the power package. That's part of the power package. Uh, I, I can tell you many more stories how the Lord has rescued my life. Let me tell you one story about mandate. Uh, it just comes to me now. Maybe I'll forget it tonight. I, uh, when I was five years old, I was dying. I, I was born premature, my lungs fell flat, and uh, I was five years old, I was uh, losing weight, uh, and the doctor said to my mother these words, they said to her, your son will die within six months, we, we cannot see him being alive longer than six months. I was losing weight, I, I, I couldn't breathe, um, and because of my lung problem, my eyes went blind, I went blind, and, this, and then they said to my mother, if I live six months, I will be completely blind in both eyes. And my mother said to the doctor, Doctor, it is a fact that my son is dying, and it is a fact that his lungs fell flat, and it's a fact that he had asthma, and it is a fact that he was born premature. Uh, uh, those are all facts. Doctor, I cannot argue with facts. It is a fact. He doesn't look good. But my mother said to the doctor this, she said, but the truth is. How many of you realize there's a difference between truth and facts? Come on. When you're sick, you're sick. Don't come and tell me you're, uh, you don't have the flu when, when I can see you have the flu. And you, you have a whole tissue box in front of your nose, but you say, well, I confess I don't have the flu. No, you lying spirit, you have the flu. That's a fact. The truth is God can heal you. Come on. so. Uh, uh, she said to my mother, uh, she said to the doctor, when I was pregnant with him, six months pregnant, the Lord said to me, you carry a son, and this boy will go to the nations one day, and he will preach the gospel. My ministry is called Good News to the Nations. I never knew that. But anyway, so what happened? When six months came, I did not die. And then there came an angelic moment, and the Lord touched my body, and the Lord touched my eyes, and I don't have skewy eyes. And they even sent preachers came to our home, and then I had to come into the room. I was seven, eight years old, and nine years old, and ten years old, and I will sit in the lounge, and they will call me in, and the preachers will come, and, and all I need to do is I just need to sit there, and they watch me. They watch me look at my eyes, and they look at how, how healthy I am because they knew what I looked like, and, and that gave the preachers faith. But what, what am I saying to you? Because I had a mandate upon my life, and God prophetically spoken to my mother when I was still in the womb. Come on. uh, 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 When my lung problem came, it could not take me out. Why? Because I have a mandate to be in America. Uh, I I had a mandate to speak English. And now I am already six years on the other side of my deathbed. Uh, Not six years, 59 years. I'm 59 years on the other side of my deathbed. I know you're not excited because it's not you, but that's fine. I'm very excited. Excited? That's why I'm telling you the story. Come on. I'll be 65 in July, and I look like I'm 35. I mean, I know you don't think so, but I know, I, I, mean, I, I mean, I mean, mean, I I do have a mirror in, in the hotel room this morning, and come on, come on, come on. When you have a mandate upon your life, you're not going to die when they said you will die. When you have a mandate upon your life, no bloodline curse can take you out. Your mother died when she was 60. Your daddy died when he was 65, and now you think you're going to die because you're close to that age. No, sir. If you have a mandate from heaven and you belong to a church that has a mandate, God says you're going to live much longer. Come on. Okay, 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 okay. Now, okay, watch this. Okay, uh, 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 give me some more time, Pastor. Give me some more time. Thank you. Verse 11. I like verse, verse 11. Watch what it says. It says, And when Peter had come to himself. And when Peter had come to himself. How do you come to yourself? You must first leave yourself. (laughs) The Bible says, and when Peter came to himself, that tells me he lost it. That tells me he lost control completely. Isn't it good to know that we can lose control and that will actually be the confirmation that God took control? The Bible says he he came to himself and he said, now watch what Peter said. It's not some kind of fleshly believer. It's not some some kind of lukewarm believer. Peter said, now I know for certain that the Lord, that the Lord, that the Lord has sent his angel, his angel, his angel, and has delivered me from the hand of Herod. Come on, church. We need to have experiences where we just know that we 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 know that that this was not me. I had no control. But the outcome of this situation is a God intervention. That That for me is power. That is power. When Jesus said, you shall receive power, he saw chapter 12. He saw chapter 12, and, and, and the Bible says, Peter, Peter, admit, I'm out. Why is he out? He had a mandate, and God decided, I cannot lose him. And since I, I myself, since I ex- understand mandate better, I don't need a prophet to come and tell me I will live long. I just come in alignment with my calling, and, and I've got it. Come on. I mean, Sarah was 90 years old and God said to her, you're going to carry a child. If God wants you to carry a child on 90, you cannot die. Come on. You say, well, I don't want a child when I'm 90. Well, then just die. But if God wants to give you a child when you're 90 and the old man is 100 years old because Sarah said to God, did you see my husband? He's 100 years old. Come on. When, when Abraham and Sarah had a child, the rest of the people had funerals. I mean, what, choose, choose. I'd rather have a child at the wrong age by faith <laughs> and live longer <laughs> than dying before my time because I don't want to have a child at the wrong age. How many of you are wanting to have a miracle when other people will think it's foolish? Come on. Be a church that will carry something out of season for the right reason. Man, that even rhymes. Thank you, Lord. Okay, I need to stop now because I'm giving you too much. Okay, so when, now watch this, watch this. I'm almost finished. So watch this. So when he had considered this, he came to the house of Mary, the mother of John, whose surname was Mark, where many were gathered praying. And Peter knocked at the door, and the gate with a a girl with the name of Rhoda came to answer. And when she recognized Peter's voice, because of her gladness, she did not open the gate. Now watch this. Verse 5. Verse 5 says, church were praying, Peter in prison. First thing Peter did is, he went back to the church praying. Can you see the responsibility? Can you see how we need to be connected? Uh, He did not go home first. He did not go to McDonald's first. He went back to the church that we're praying. The church should be the center of everything. The presence of God uh, should be the center of our whole life. We should build our whole life around the presence of God, the church. I remember those days when I grew up and we went to church forever. Come on. Some of the modern-day Christians, if they look at me, they will say, man, your church uh, representation is you are up-to-date into eternity already. Because I do about four services every week of my life. The Bible says he went back to the house, knocked at the door. Watch this. He knocked at the door. Rhoda Rhoda came to the door. She heard the voice of Peter. And the Bible says because of her gladness, she did not open the gate. She was so excited she couldn't believe he's at the gate. Now, watch what happened now. And when she recognized Peter's voice because of her gladness, she did not open the gate. <coughs> uh, uh, and she ran and she announced that Peter stood before the gate. So, because she went to the church now, she said, Hey, guys, hey, 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 stop praying. Peter is at the gate. So they said to her, oh, come on, man, you are beside yourself. Father, in the name of Jesus, we pray that you will bring Peter out. Bring him out, Lord Jesus. Oh, Father, we have an intercession team here. We pray that you will bring Peter. Oh, come on, don't you come and tell us Peter is at the gate. But, Father, we pray that you will bring Peter out, Jesus, in the name. What did you say? Peter is at the gate. Can you see what we do? The answer is at the door, but they are still praying. And they said to her, you are beside yourself. You see, we, we pray, but we do not expect. We pray, but we do not expect anybody at the door. The church were praying, the miracle is at the door, and when they could not explain it, watch what they said to her. They said to her, oh, it must be his angel. Now, we know it was not the angel. It was Peter himself. But can you see how the, the church of that day, the church of that day, their mindset was so so open for angelic visitations that when they could not explain it, they said, well, it must be an angel. I want, I want us to have the same attitude that when we cannot explain it, we will not feel bad because we cannot explain it. We will admit there is a higher force at work. The, the problem today is we want to explain everything. And, and, and we must admit that when angels step in, we just, can't, we just need, need to accept. Okay. Okay, guys. Okay. We prayed and we stepped onto God's level. We created. Come on. We made prayer. We created a miracle. Peter is at the door. What am I saying to you? There's a visitor at your door that you do not expect. But the visitor at your door is coming because of a power manifestation. Come on. How many of you believe there's a greater life to live in the Holy Spirit? Stand on your feet if you don't mind. I know I've thrown a lot at you. But I want to say to every one of you, the God that I just spoke about is alive and well. He's doing this in several nations. I have, a, I have apostolic leaders, friends, who will tell you the stories that will get your jaw to drop open. Even the modern-day Iran cannot stop him. They don't even know that we're talking about them. They don't even know that a man received 150 Bibles. Because when the man was in the middle of the night, God appeared to him and said, go to that dirt road, wait for 150 books from heaven. Here comes a car under the control of the Holy Spirit with 150 Bibles. Car breakdown car never broke down. Holy Spirit just switched it off. Because the Holy Spirit knew about the Bibles. And the Holy Spirit know the person who needs to collect it. Wow. Deliver the books. Cars start again. They are out of Iran. And the books... Bible printed in Farsi financed by Mercy Gate Church in Texas who is my friends <laughs> were delivered on the back of donkeys in the hands of a officer who came to the Lord and he took it and he gave it to 150 believers in Iran only the Holy Spirit Isn't that beautiful? Isn't that beautiful? How many of you can hear the cry in your spirit? The cry of your heart is saying, Lord, give me this relationship with the Holy Spirit. Give me this relationship the Holy Spirit, you have power because power comes out of the Holy Spirit. How many of you say this morning, Lord, I want this relationship and next time when my car breaks down and next time when something goes wrong in my life, I will not curse the devil. But I will know that if God can take care of my sandals, then God can take care when something goes wrong because most probably I need to meet somebody where something is going wrong. The place where something goes wrong this week is the place where God has an appointment for you with somebody. And once you speak to that person, things will come back to normal again. You see, sometimes we don't know where to stop the car. Sometimes we don't know where to end things because we always try to help God God says next time when I bring everything in your life to a standstill don't curse the devil have a look at your surrounding and say Lord why am I here I had a situation in my schedule I was not supposed to be in this church supposed to in this church two, three years ago, and another church opened up, and I, prophes- I prophesied to a leader in another room, and a phenomenal thing happened in Texas because of that, and he said, Pastor Andre, I will let you go. I came to him but later back. I gave him a date. His father passed. Couldn't come. My schedule opened up, and here I am. Maybe there's somebody here you would not have been in the meeting when I was supposed to be here a year or two ago or a year ago. And maybe you would not have been in the meeting two years ago, but you are here today. Because God knew that somewhere in the future, this is the day that I will come here and you need to hear this. Nothing happens by accident. It's all orchestrated by the Holy Spirit. If God can wake up a sheriff in our to be on the side of the dirt road where the car will break down. Isn't that amazing, church? Here stands a man. Here comes the car with 150 books from heaven. Bang, break down right there. Pray after me. Say this prayer. Say, Lord, I believe that you can orchestrate my life in the very same way you did it in the book of Acts. Acts chapter 9, chapter 12. I believe, Jesus, you can operate in my life the same way you operate in the life of that sheriff in Iran. Say, I am filled with the Holy Spirit, and I expect angelic forces to step into my life when things is completely out of control. I submit to Jesus. I bow down before Him and I say, Holy Spirit, do whatever you want to do. From this day forth, you and I, we will walk through gates. We will walk out of prisons walk out of circumstances, and I will see the power of the Holy Spirit in a new way in my life. I don't need Andre from sale. I don't need him to prophesy to me. I need more of the Holy Spirit in Jesus' name. of power, a demonstration of his presence. Let it be real in our lives. Amen. Praise God. God bless you. We pray to see you tonight and tomorrow night, uh, tonight at 6, tomorrow night at 7 p.m., all right? God bless you. We love you. We'll see you this evening.